Thank you, John. Now my question is, how do I follow that? Uh, my number one goal is to glorify God tonight. My number two goal is not to cry. Um, <clears throat> thank you, Lake City. Let's get into the Word of God, shall we? You know, it's good to be in this special season with you this week between Christmas and the new year, 2020. This is a special time of year, uh, preparing for the new year and finishing 14 and a half years of pastoral ministry at Lake City Community Church and moving to Warsaw, Indiana in three days. Am I the only one? <laughs> uh, thank you so much for, for treating our family so well and uh, making this a special weekend for us. Uh, yeah, we're going to save, you know, we're going to save talk about stories and everything for the lunch tomorrow. There's going to be a lot of that and some open time for sharing. But tonight, let's get into the Word of God and be about His business tonight. The timing of this weekend between Christmas and the New Year is perfect timing for a sermon related to missions. It's a perfect timing related for a sermon related to missions. And specifically tonight, we're going to focus a little bit on the Tamajic people of Niger, West Africa, where God has sovereignly given us a partnership over these last 10 years. We'll get to that a little bit later. Why is it perfect for the, a focus on missions? Let me tell you. Because of what should happen and must happen after Christmas, in light of Christmas. Let me show you a couple things what I mean. First of all is this quote from a brother in Christ. Howard Thurman, when the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with their flock, the work of Christmas begins to find the lost, to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, to release the prisoner, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among people, to make music in the heart. Amen? So, that's why this is a perfect week for Christmas. I mean, for a, for a mission sermon. Not only that, but all of this good things that, these good things that must happen are after the priority of spreading the gospel, the good news of Jesus to all the world. That's what Christmas is about. Christmas is about God with us, the Son of God, in the suffering and pain that we have because of sin. God with us to end the suffering and pain that we have. That's what Christmas is about. Our reaction needs to be what the shepherds was in Luke 2, 15 through 18. Let's look at this again. This is a passage that most of us just read just a few days ago in our house. When the angels, let's look at it again. When, when the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They were obedient to the Lord. Let's see what happens though. And they went with haste. And found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, what did they do? Did they keep it to themselves? Did they worry about their own lives? They made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. This is where the song, Go Tell It on the Mountain, came from. Over the hills and everywhere, go tell it on the mountain that Jesus Christ is born. The Messiah, and he was 2,000 years ago. We still look forward to his second coming, his second advent in the future. We're right in the middle of this story, my brothers and sisters. So we talk about missions tonight. God has called us, his people, to a lifelong mission. 
Everybody here has a different level of awareness of that. I hope that everybody is extremely aware of that as a result of tonight and committed to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and the mission that he's given us. Whether it's here in Lakewood, whether it's among the Tomajic people in Niger, West Africa, is God going to call you somewhere else? Whether it's with Village Missions in Snohomish, thank you, Day Armands, for being here tonight. It's so good to have you here tonight, one of our missionary families. Maybe it's in Warsaw, Indiana. There's a place for you there to visit anytime. Wherever we are, we're on Jesus' mission. Let's talk more about that tonight. On this last weekend of 2019, I want to encourage us all to launch boldly and bravely into a new year of serving Christ and being about his mission. And what we're going to do tonight is look at three reasons that we Christians are a missions-minded people and why Lake City is a missions-minded church. Three reasons we're going to dive into tonight. First is because of God himself. Second is because what God calls us to. And third is because the power that we have working together. This is why we're a missions-minded church. This is where we're going tonight. Let's do this. Pull out your sermon notes from the bulletin. I'm just going to ask everybody to do it if you have a bulletin. Even if you don't write anything down, that's fine. In a little while, we're going to do a self-assessment. And that's where I think this is going to be really helpful for you to have that, that piece of paper and the other piece of paper that's in the bulletin in front of you tonight. So please pull that out. And you'll see that the first reason... Why we are a missions-minded church is because of God. Because God is a missions-minded God. And everything, everything, everything is about God. And God has drawn us to be his people, his family, and charged us to become more like him And he, the living God, is a missionary God. What do I mean by that? The Father sends the Son, sends the Holy Spirit, who empowers and sends the church. This fact that God is a missionary God, there's a couple things here, is expressed by all of Scripture. All of Scripture. We might say, you know, one of your children might say, where is missions in the Bible? And you can tell him or her, that's the wrong question. It's where is missions not in the Bible? From the condition of sin in the beginning of the Bible and the dispersion of all the nations after the Tower of Babel, ever since then, God's plan is to be a missionary God to bring all those peoples that are scattered and lost and separated from him back to fellowship with him to restore them and rescue them and save them through his mission. From Genesis 12 where he tells Abraham that through your seed, that's Jesus, all the nations would be blessed. Right on through all the books of Moses, the prophets, the law. Right on through the New Testament, up until Revelation 21, 22, and the culmination of all time that has not happened yet. God is a missionary God, and all of the Bible is filled with the message that we need to be like God and be missions-minded. His missions-minded people. All of Scripture, all of Scripture is about that. This truth is also emphasized by the gospel itself. The good news that we go tell on the mountain. What is that? It's the message that Jesus Christ has come. And he's paid the price for your sins and mine in total, complete, full, absolutely. 
It's a gift that all we need to do is believe and receive and be given. To be saved from our sin. To be guaranteed a new life and an eternal life. Perfection with God. Full joy. Well, the gospel message leaves no question that God loves the entire world. All of those who haven't heard about him yet. All those who are currently rejecting him. He died for them all. That's the gospel message. That's the good news. So that's emphasized by the gospel and taught in all of Scripture that God is missions-minded. So that's God. Now let's get personal. Because God made us in his image and he calls us to be like him, we should be missions-minded. That's simple logic, right? We shouldn't keep this to ourselves. The world needs this. That's point number two, that we are a missions-minded church because God calls us to be missions-minded people. So let me ask you, are you missions-minded yet? Well, again, like I said earlier, everybody's got a different level of understanding and commitment to this. Maybe you don't understand what that means yet, and If you keep listening, you're going to hear and you're going to start understanding this tonight as we continue. Or maybe you prioritize other things in life more highly right now than than God's mission. That's perfectly understandable. We're complex creatures and we have a complex life. And that life often tries to take place of God's priorities in our life. But my call to you, God's call to you through me and through the word is to take that priority that is very low right now of, of Jesus' mission, God's mission that he's given us, and put it all the way back on the top. Okay, now with that challenge, let's keep examining what God teaches us in his word about that. God has called us to be missions-minded people. What do I mean by that? I mean that he's given us three motivations to making this the top priority of our life. Okay, all the other things, the money that we earn is to support The work, the influence that we have is to support the work of missions, of glorifying God. That's the first motivation right there is God's glory. The whole Bible screams God is the only one worthy of glory and worship. And he deserves it. And he shares it with us when we give it to him. So he calls us for our own good and our own joy and our own benefit to worship him. To give him glory. And you know when you do... Life is great. So Jesus frames our mission this way in Matthew 5, 16. Jesus says, In the same way, let your light shine before others. That's being on the mission. Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and the reason behind it. Because when they see your good works, they'll give glory to your Father who is in heaven. God wants that for all people in the world through us. So let me ask you, have all the people in the world heard about Jesus and had the opportunity to respond to him and give God glory yet? Has that happened yet? No. Do we want it to? Yes, we do. We do. God's glory is our number one motivation. And we can be all about it. Motivation number two is because Jesus commissioned us. Jesus commissioned in Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Rare is a missions-related sermon without this text. But let me tell you why. It's because, again, it's the whole message of the Word of God 
to worship God. And until everyone is worshiping God, we need missions to bring everyone there. But it's, Jesus epitomizes all of the message of the entire word in this statement where he says this. That's why we go to this. But let's examine the Great Commission tonight by looking at each of the four times Jesus uses the word all. Four times. And what I'm going to ask you to do is shout out the word all whenever we get there. Okay, so four times we're going to be shouting out together. Everybody ready? Okay, here we go. The Great Commission. Then Jesus said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. And surely I am with you all the days of the age. Let's look at those four just briefly. All authority has been given to me, Jesus says. And then he says, now you, this is my mission. Now you go, therefore, and make disciples. This is now your co-mission with the authority of Jesus on our side to finish the task that he began during his ministry on earth. We have all his authority. Second, Our shared mission is clear, and that is to disciple all nations until every last tribe, tongue, and people on earth has had the chance to hear about the good news of Jesus. Third is teaching them to obey all that I commanded. This is discipleship, and you and I have not arrived yet at obeying all of Jesus' commands perfectly, have we? No, but we're growing together and we're coming more and more like Jesus all the time if we're working on it and and worshiping him. That's the third all. And then the fourth is all the days. And this is a declaration that this commission is still going on. Uh, This age hasn't ended yet. It's all the days of this age. And then it comes with a promise that he's going to be with us all the days, every day. He's always with us. What a promise. That's the Great Commission, and I urge people, I have for years, to memorize this passage because it's our mission. It's our life's mission. So memorize this, and remember it often. And it's every church's mission as well. That's why we're a missions-minded church. This is our mission given by Jesus, our Lord, and Savior, and Head. That's our motivation number two, to be about the mission of our Lord. And then three, our motivation number three is the world's need. The world's need. I have to keep asking myself and you tonight, are we that selfish that we go through our lives not thinking about the world's need? There is time in our lives to consider. Now, we'll be crushed if if we try to take on all the world's needs on, our, on ourselves. And so sometimes it's a defense mechanism not to think about it, but God, God's got this. It's God's burden to carry the whole thing. Our burden is to join him in this mission. To rejoice with what makes God rejoice and to weep over what God weeps over. So let's consider the world's need. The world needs the gospel. The world needs a lot of things. Nothing as much as the gospel. And as cultures and societies get the gospel, 
other things start falling in line. History proves that over and over. So going back to the Great Commission, we see that the mission is for all nations, all nations to receive the opportunity to hear the gospel. So how big is this task, all nations? And, you know, we live in a marvelous time in world history where we can actually measure and pinpoint the exact task remaining. There are fewer than 10,000 unreached people groups uh, in the world remaining today. So we know the size of the task. We know the missionary task that's ahead. Let me clarify a couple things, though, to make us more educated uh, people on this mission that we share. Okay, first of all, when we hear the word nations, uh, make disciples of all nations, maybe it's just modern Western thought, but what do we normally think of when we hear it? A nation. Country. Usually the nation of Israel, the nation of whatever, the American nation. Okay, there's 195 countries in the world right now. That's not the biblical sense of the word that's used here and over a hundred times in scripture. That's the Greek word ethne. And the biblical idea is better understood as people groups. Okay? Tribes, tongues, nations, people groups, not countries. So we speak in terms of unreached people groups or sometimes unreached places. Here's an illustration of the difference, what I mean. This is a picture of the country of Nigeria. You could say this is one nation, one country, but biblically speaking, again, uh, the word ethne is never used that way. It's used as, as peoples, people groups. So now here's a picture of the people groups, 427 people groups identified in the country of Nigeria. And each one of those people, people groups, needs a missionary effort to just reach them with the good news of Jesus. Okay, that helps our understanding of, of the task, right? Of the global task that Jesus' big C church, all of us, have before us. Let me clarify a couple more things. When we say unreached people groups, what does that mean? For some, you've never heard of that term before. For others, it's really common language. Here's what unreached people group means. It's those groups in which there is no indigenous self-replicating church. There's no church that exists that's big enough or influential enough to grow and to expand and reach its own people. So therefore, you must have outside people who will go cross-cultural boundaries to, to just tell them about Jesus. Okay, that's what missions is. That's what missionaries are. People who will go cross-culturally with the gospel in obedience to Christ. The great missiologist Ralph Winter explains why going cross-cultural with the gospel is so needed. Now listen to this. He says, the fact is that the gospel often expands within a community— Okay, think of our own kind of culture, community. The gospel often expands within a community, but does not normally naturally jump across boundaries between people groups. So if all of the members of every church in the world were to bring every one of their friends and relatives within the same cultural group to obedient faith in Christ, no matter how much time you allow, there would still be billions who would never come to faith. One third of the individuals in the world, live within peoples with no church. They are no more spiritually lost than your cousin who has never gone to church. But unlike your cousin, there is no church made up of people like themselves with whom they can hear the gospel. Does that make sense? Even if every one of our friends, neighbors, and family trust Christ, 
because we've done our work within our culture, within our cultural groups, that still leaves a third of the world without hearing the gospel. So do we need people to go across cultures? Do we need to be a church that's missions-minded and sending people and praying for those people who go? Yes. Again, fewer than 10,000 unreached people groups left. That's the task remaining. There's two to three million churches, local churches like Lake City in the world. That's plenty to adopt an unreached people group and to pour that concerted effort of prayer and work and personnel and people and labors into those mission fields. This is exciting. We can do it. The church can do it. And I've read, and, and this is an amazing fact, more people have come to Christ in the last 50 years than all of the previous 1950 years of Christian history. We're living in the missions era right now. Now, there's a moral decline in America that's got our attention and makes us, you know, sad uh, and surprised and whatever other emotion. But don't neglect the fact that the Holy Spirit is moving all over the world. And it's exciting. Oh, but the need is so great. But that's why we turn to point number three. Why are we a missions-minded church? Because our most powerful impact is made together. All of us. There's 1,100 people that call Lake City home. All of us. And I mean all of us. Children, small children, guess what? You're on this mission and you make a difference. Your prayers make a difference in this world. Your coins and change that you give make a difference in this world. Jesus fed thousands with two fish. He can make big things happen with small things. Maybe you're homeless or broke or broken in life right now, but guess what? You can make a difference on the mission of Jesus. Has Jesus saved you from your sins? If he has, then even right now as your life is a testimony in development, you can testify to the greatness of Jesus and what the world needs to hear like you are hearing and growing in. I mean, every one of us. Maybe more commonly, we're stuck in some habit or some rut in life or some sin or something that you don't feel like you can serve God right now or you just haven't given it that priority. Listen, don't wait till your life is perfect because it never will be. In fact, when you serve others humbly, sacrificially, that's when God carries you out of your ruts that you're in right now. That's how it works. So I'm talking all of us. Together we can make a, a more powerful impact. So that raises the question, how? How can we do this? How can I do this? How can my family be a part of this? How, how can I be involved in what the church is doing? So I'm going to answer some of those questions right now. All right? And I'm going to go quickly through this. This is where you have on your sermon notes on the back page, if you're looking at this, Five types of involvement in missions have been identified over the years. And we all fit somehow into these five categories in the way that we naturally respond uh, to the world's need, in the way that we're gifted, in the way that we're wired, the way that we're passionate. So which are you is the question. Let's discover that. And in a way, we're called to all five of these categories, but you're going to notice that you have a passion for one or two or any mix of these five. Uh, one or two of them are going to make your heart leap. Okay, so let's see what happens. I'm just going to pray. The Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll make some hearts, hearts leap here tonight.
in a, in a very noticeable way. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, number one is goer. Goer. It's going to be on the screen. People have to go. So if this is you, when you learn about the world's need and God's mission's call, it might be your response to say, here am I, send me, I will go. You might resonate with Jesus' prayer, John 20, 21, directly when he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And you think, yeah, that's me. Or at least I'd like to find out more. Whether that's to go cross-culturally to the homeless in Tacoma, Socks and Chocolate, an organization that Lake City is behind, or to the Tomajic people of Niger, or to the people of Warsaw, Indiana. Wherever God calls you, you'll go. Okay, next steps. If you notice on the notes there, I'm going to integrate next steps with these five things. So if this is you, if your heart just leapt, could God really be calling me to go? Write down these as your next steps. First, contact the GMT. That's our church's missions team, the global missions team. We have a great team, and Lake City Community Church is a fantastic sending church. You want to be sent from this church. If you're a young person, connect with Pastor Caleb. He works with the GMT and is a missions-minded youth pastor. So is Nikki Ori, our children's ministry director. And I want to take this opportunity to introduce Eric Von barno Scythoff as our new interim missions pastor starting January 1st. There he is right there. So say hi, Eric. <laughs> God has given this church a great blessing in bringing him on board January 1st. And he is very able to work with anybody who's interested in going. Short-term, mid-term, for a year or two, um, considering a life of going uh, he and the team are excellent. Other things, go to the missions counter right now and pick up this, I call it the missions pipeline brochure because that's basically what it is, but it says considering missions, question mark, and this walks you through everything that Lake City has right now. And that's at the missions counter right out there. Go on a short-term trip. So these are some of your next, this, some of your, start telling the gospel now, work with Young Life or Youth for Christ in the schools now. You know, those are, those are kind of things that you can do right now if this is you. Let's continue. Number two is sender. Okay, this makes sense. Goers can't go unless they're sent. That's biblical and it's practical. Here's what senders do. Maybe this will make your heart leap. Develop critical resources or give critical resources needed for the mission. Okay, develop and give critical resources needed. This can include money, of course. You can't do any missions without money. Just can't. Uh, but it can also include the needed technologies, logistics, administrative tools. Let's equip our goers fully, okay? Let's equip them fully and send them out uh, to glorify God in places that the rest of us won't go. Um, so here are some next steps if this is you. This is exciting. You are intimately involved in Jesus' mission by equipping and sending the people who go. Some next steps right now. First, support the Pritchard Ori Niger Malawi trip in February. Pastor David and Kelly and Nikki Ori are going to two African countries where we have deep, our deepest African connections, some of them. And that's coming up real soon. Uh, they're going to connect with the Greys in Niger and Eric's uh, ministry, the Passion Center in Malawi. Uh, they're going to do great works. You'll hear more about it. But they need a few thousand dollars 
This is an opportunity, senders. Let's send them. They need a few other things. You'll hear more about it in their letters when they send them out. And then support any and every other missionary uh, that Lake City sends out. We can do this, and it's a joy. All right, that's senders. Number three is welcomers. I love this. Uh, What a great way to be on, on Jesus' mission. The nations that God loves are not just out there overseas. They're here among us. This is a melting pot, especially Western Washington, Uh, There are international students, and I know many of you open your homes to international students, and they see a Christian influence right there, and hopefully they'll hear the gospel. There are refugees from numerous countries, uh, Somalians, many of them in western Washington, other, other refugees right here. Could they come here? And they're tourists and business people that come. So if you are a hospitable person that resonates with God's word in Leviticus 19.34, which says, the alien who, resi- who resides with you shall be as the citizen among you. You shall love the alien as yourself. Okay, if this is your heart, there's some cool, cool opportunities right here. Um, international student support is the first next step I'll give here. Uh, Pastor Rich and the prime timers are going to actually develop this as a focus for our church. Um, if you can, anybody who's supporting and are interested in in us. Uh, international students outreach. Um, There's some organized things developing right now. And then, of course, you can open your small group to an international non-believer. I love that idea. Uh, And watch how the dynamics of your group change for the better for them and for your group. Those are just some ideas to welcome. You have others in, in your realms of influence, I know. Okay, number four is prayer. Now, this is certainly one that we're all called to do. But I've noticed over the years that there are such things as prayer champions. And oh, how we love the prayer champions. So if this is where your heart is leaping right now, don't give up. Pray. Listen to Jesus' missionary strategy in Matthew 9, 37 and 38. A well-known passage. He says, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, does he say, therefore go or send? What does he say? Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Um, Some next steps here. Join the Tomajic e-prayer list. All you have to do is write your name, email address, and Tomajic prayer on your yellow communication card. Be put on that. Uh, There are other prayer focus groups through the church. Just add to those. Make sure that your small groups and families are praying together for the mission of Christ. And you'll see the glory of bringing your group's hearts outside of the living room onto the battlefield uh, for Jesus, for good, for light. Today is the first day for small group signups, by the way. They don't kick off until mid-January. But if you're not in a small group right now and want to talk to somebody you know, right now, while the, while the getting's good, while there's room in several groups, go to the Faith at Home Center after the service and talk to some small group coaches and leaders that are out there starting tonight. And then uh, that'll be a focus over the next few weeks. And finally, the category that changed my life. Because when I took the Perspectives of the World Christian Movement course in 2008 with my wife, Sarah, I learned these five things, 
And I learned that this number five was me. And it has colored my ministry at Lake City Community Church for the 11 years since. That is mobilizer. Men and women who are influencers, leaders, and filled with excitement and passion to see Jesus glorified among the nations. And the nations receiving all the glories that Jesus shares with them. Mobilizers, what we do is we get all the other four moving, organized, equipped, trained, ready, launched, partnered, networked. We build structures to make this smooth so the mission can thrive among the world, knowing of the glory that's going to result in that. And so I want to give you a couple next steps right now as a mobilizer for me to you. Two things I'm going to challenge you to do right now. First of all is don't leave today unchallenged. Make 2020 your year to discover what's next for you in Jesus' mission. And that answer is going to be different for everybody here. I want to challenge you to do this. And then the second thing I want to challenge you to consider is to take the perspectives course. The details are on the missions page in your bulletin. And I'm sure they'll be there for the next couple weeks because the next class starts January 7th. It's on Tuesday nights this year. And you can go to the first night. Uh, it's every Tuesday night for 15 weeks. It will change your life. It's the most amazing thing. I could talk on and on, but I can't take any more time right now. Uh, but at least explore it. Please sign up. It's coming soon. And you'll want to do it. These five categories are meant to give us a starting place. Now, can you identify one or two that's, yeah, this is where God's going to work with me. I can tell. I can tell this is where I'm going to work with God. And now I want to speak to you. I've spoken to you as individuals here as we've done some self-assessment. Now I want to speak to you as one church. Why are we a missions-minded church? We're one. The final way to be more powerful together is by participating in our God-given mission focuses. These are strategic mission focuses of Lake City Community Church. So we have more than 25 supported missionaries, and I encourage you to get to know them. There's a missionary bookmark on the counter out there. You can pray for all 25, 27, 28 of them right now. But in a, and each small group is asked to adopt one of those missionaries to support them. That's the coolest thing. Make sure your small group is... is has an adopted missionary. Uh, that's going to be part of the January training. But we also have a growing number of strategic mission focuses. And adopting the Tamajic people was the first one. That was 10 years ago. And what a ride that's been uh, in the history of Lake City in the last decade. Uh, that The success and fruit of that grew into adopting the Kumuk, Akin, and Nogai peoples of Dagestan. That's an acronym. We say CAN. K-A-N, the CAN uh, focus in Dagestan. They have a big weekend on February 8th and 9th. That's just a month and a half from now. Here's a little picture about that. You'll hear more. But I've seen what the team has planned for this, and it's amazing. Uh, try, to, try your best to be here for that entire weekend. Uh, it's, and it's, they're doing it for you and for, for this team and for God's glory and, and for these people groups. So February 8th, 8th and 9th. But for the rest of our time today, let's focus on the Tamajic people. 
And to do that, we have two short videos that we've combined into one. And I'm going to play that. One of our goals for this weekend was to, uh, was to give the church an updated state, current state of affairs in, in Niger among, with, with a mission among the Tamajic people. Great things are happening. Great things are happening. These videos are going to give a little taste of that. Earlier this year in May, uh, we celebrated our 10-year anniversary uh, and made these big things and handed them out that tells the story of Lake City and the Tamajic people over the last 10 years. These are on the missions counter as well. Uh, and if you haven't seen that, I encourage you to pick that up and look about the last 10 years. But right now, we're going to see some videos from Sean and Carrie Blake, our newest supported missionaries, uh, giving some of their updates. And then it's going to transition into Ralph Sowers, uh, old good friend uh, who's been with us all the way uh, with SIM, our main missionary uh, partners. And then after these videos, I'm going to come back up and we're going to do an official renewal signing of our partnership agreement with SIM as a church in the presence of all of you as witnesses and participants uh, to sign an agreement for the next five years. Let's watch and enjoy these videos and then I'll come back up. Hello, Reg and Sarah. What a joy to be able to be a small part of your send-off. And Sarah, this is for you as well, because you and the girls are heavily invested in the Tamajic ministry and the work in Niger, having given up Reg to endless hours of directing the Tamajic task force, but also his trips. Thank you so much for the investment there at LC3. You guys know how much you have put in, but I'd just like to share a story of some things that God is doing as a direct result of what you have done. Thank you for your support of the Bible Translation Project and for going out and being a part of that dedication. But you know that Hamada has been translating 115-minute radio broadcasts into Majik, talking about what is the way of righteousness, what do the prophets have to say about the way to have a right relationship with God. He does this full time, and right now, as this is being aired throughout Niger, Tamajic people are responding, and they are saying, we want more of these kind of broadcasts, and give us longer broadcasts. These are messages that we need to hear. And because of your prayers, and because of your support, and because of your encouragement, that is having a tremendous impact, not only in Niamey, but throughout Niger, where Tuaregs are and the Tamajic people. So thank you so very much for that investment. Many of you remember the story of the Tamajic man who came to faith in Christ as Stephen Mike taught him how to read using the Hausa Bible, and then he became part of the local Hausa church. But he was ostracized because he was a Tamajic man but you also remember how then he had a heart to study the Word of God and he was sent away to study. And when the pastor of that house at church went on for further study, they invited that Tamajic man to come back and to pastor them. For the past several years, that pastor has been in a town out in the desert, a place where you sent a team that I was privileged to be a part of several years ago. And there is now a church that has been planted there that is multi-ethnic a place where all who want to come under the sound of the Word of God are welcome. He is discipling people in the faith and they are growing, but he also goes two times a week to outlying areas, continuing to sow seed in places where they are hoping to see the gospel take root. Reg and Sarah, thank you so much for your leadership role and being an integral part of seeing that take place at LC3. And for our family at LC3, 
we thank you for your love and your encouragement and your investment there in well over 10 years and for your support and your love and your investment in us. And thank you for being part of allowing there to be the realization in these years and beyond that there really was a birth of a prophet who could lead people into right relationship with God that would not only transform their lives, but transform their nation and North Africa and beyond. That was informative and enjoyable. So much more can be said. But at this time, I'm going to ask everybody to pull out the, the other sheet from your paper that's the, a, a small copy of the agreement that we're going to sign right now. And I'm going to ask Pastor Jim to come up. Come on up, Pastor Jim and Eric, who we talked about earlier. Uh, Randy's going to sign on the behalf of the Elder Board later. And then we're also working on bringing in live representation from Sim Niger, Jan Banky, who's in North Carolina right now. Many of you know the Banky family when they were here for a home assignment for two years among us a few years ago. And uh, they're pulling him up right now. You can put him on anytime. But in the meantime, we don't have time to, to look at all the partnership agreement tonight. Please do read it anytime. That's convenient for you. But if you look at the back page, you'll see the nine things, the nine items that we're committing this church. God has sovereignly led us to adopt this people group, and it's going well. Again, we're stronger together. Uh, so we're going to sign this in, in your presence tonight. And these are the nine items there on the, on the first part of the second page that we're committing to over the next five years until we reevaluate this and do it again. All right, do we have Jan? And we have a backup plan if the technology doesn't work. <laughs> this is when the... Hello. Hey, hey. Can you hear me, Jan? Hello. We can hear you. I can hear you, Reg. Can you hear me? I can, we can hear you. We can all hear you. All right. We cannot see you yet. Uh, hello, folks. Hello, Lake City. Well, I'm sitting in my kitchen and... and... Okay, so, <laughs> hey, Jan, it looks like we're not going to get the video, but that's okay. We hear you. We hear you. It's, all right. it's like the voice of God. <laughs> like the voice of God. Everyone from Lake City <laughs> should go to Niger. <laughs> I, we hear you, Lord. <laughs> All right, so everybody's okay, got... Okay, well... Hey! Way to go. Good to see you, man. Am I on? It's like... Yeah. You can see me? Yes. Okay. It's Hello. like old time. Hey! Yeah. Okay, so Jan, tell, tell everybody, just take a minute to say what your role is now and uh, how that led to, for you to be the authority uh, to sign this agreement between the agency and church. Okay. Well, as, as a lot of you know, we, we've served with SIM since 1998, um, and it was from 2006 to 2015 that we were in Niger. And, uh, and for most of those years, I was in some form or other of leadership on the field and in a lot of different capacities. Um, now we're in, we're in Charlotte, and I'm working in the U.S. office in personnel, and hoping to, we're hoping to go back as a family to Niger in a couple of years. But... Um, Essentially, Roger Stoll, the new director, um, asked if I would be willing to to represent Simniger for this signing. And because I've kind of, you know, been a part of it a lot in a lot of ways from the beginning, I guess that's what gives me authority. <laughs> Excellent. 
Yeah, he said he, he couldn't think of anybody better to represent Sim Niger. So thank there you. There you go. Okay. Thank you for couldn't being... find anyone else. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, you interpret it however you want, man. So we're about. <laughs> So we're, we're browsing over these nine items that we're committing to as a church over these next five years. It's not a covenant that we're going to be held in, you know, extreme judgment if we fail. Uh, but it is an agreement, and we're going to give it our all. Amen, church? All right. And uh, this is exciting. So once again, El Lake City Community Church will do the following things, including but not limited to these following things. And, and Jan, we're going to commit. We actually have Jan's uh, signature there already on the paper, so you don't have to pretend that you're signing anything. Yeah, you don't have to do that. Uh, but Jim, your name is on there first. Hey, hey, Reg, can I add something? Yeah. I just want to echo what Ralph said. Um, Reg, you weren't the only one on the Lake City side that, it's, that is responsible for bringing, for, you know, 10 years of partnership with the field. But I want to, to say, as I know you're just, you know, hours from leaving, that I don't think we would be where we are if you hadn't been a part of this. You brought a lot of energy and passion to this, to the Lake City side. And having been there at Lake City for two years and working alongside you, and then on the Niger side, I, I think you've, you've had a, a very significant role, and Sarah as well, in supporting that. So uh, thanks to all of you. But I just wanted to thank you, especially, Reg, as I know you're just about to, to move somewhere else. All right. Hey, thanks, John. On behalf of the field. So I'm going to sign as the Tomajic Task Force signee. I just want to say, you know, Romans 12 says, whatever your gift is given to you, if it's teaching, teach well. If it's leading, lead with all your heart. And these are our ways to serve, our, our unique ways to serve Christ, our, our King. Um, to him be all glory. So... There we go. It is signed, and we'll get a fresh copy for tomorrow, but uh, eventually this will be framed and put on the wall. We've had it up before, but it's been down with the move, but we're going to get it back up there. Um, let me just close by saying this, and then we'll all we'll pray up here. Um, my, my final conclusion is, if you have not trusted Jesus as your Savior, this is foreign to you. In fact, the Bible says it might even be foolishness to you. It's foolishness to those who are still at odds with God. But he's paid the cost for you to come to him. And maybe there's a leap in your heart or a, lope, or a lump in your throat right now. Uh, be open to that. Pray to God. God, if, if this is real, if you're real, um, I want to know more. Maybe you are ready to trust Jesus as your Savior from sin tonight and live. And live for the first time ever spiritually. Uh, let me close in prayer and pray for you, and you can, you can pray a prayer of commitment to Christ if, if you'd like to right now. Everybody else, a commitment to Christ, to Jesus' mission, uh, to bring that good news to the world. Let's pray. Lord, I, I'm so grateful to stand with these men who have also had uh, enormous roles to play, uh, these men on the stage and the, and the one on the screen, with this body of believers that has, has really stood as one, uh, in the last 10 years, for the Tomajic people especially, and hundreds have come to Christ and churches are started. There's first-generation believers and there's even second-generation believers now as kids have, have been raised in a Christian home for the first time. 
And, uh, and we pray that your spirit continues to do his great work uh, through us here and change our lives just because we're, we're on board with your mission as well. Lord, you're amazing. Uh, we will never fully understand you or comprehend you, and that's why you're God. Uh, but we love you, and, and we know that, that you are the definition and the source of love and the perfection of it. And we thank you. We thank you for who you've made us in Christ. Um, so in that spirit, we're going to close now for your glory and in your worship and then with a new commitment uh, to follow you and serve you and reach the world. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.